put together necessarily a Bible study as much as just something that has been on my heart for um, us, not, I guess, as a church or as people, you know, I probably want this, right? (laughs) I have one tool to bring here and I forgot it. (laughs) So, yes. So, um, yeah. So turn, if you would, please, to, and I know this is going to sound absolutely frightening for you guys, turn, if you would, please, to Leviticus chapter 19. This is really the passage that I'm going to be speaking out of, but turn, if you would, please, to Leviticus chapter 19. And I want to, so I want to ask you guys a question. How many of you guys have ever heard of join interviews or conjoined interviews, anything like that? You have, of course, of course. So there is a trend going on here. And I'm, I'm not kidding. You can look this up. There is a trend going on here. And it is parents that are becoming more and more involved in their children's interviews. I'm not kidding you. You can look it up. There's no real name for it. And it's not necessarily a thing, but it's becoming more and more popular for parents to call ahead, find out who's interviewing their children, for parents to be submitting the resume, building the resume, even as far as parents asking to kind of sit in on the interview. Tell me that is not crazy, right? And I spent some time thinking about my first interview I believe I was 15 years old. I believe I was 15 years old. I realized that I wanted money and I needed to get a job. So I went down to the pizza shop in town and I asked him, I said, hey, looking for a job. And he said, you want to wash dishes? Okay, I can wash dishes. I can do that. 15, yeah. And he said, cool. You start at four. Dinner rushes at five. Be here. I said, sweet, you got it. I worked for that guy for two years. His name was Sal Musso. He ran the pizza shop, yes. Good old Sal Musso. In two years, Sal made a purpose to never ask my last name. (laughs) He made a purpose to never ask my age. He simply paid me under the table. He paid me the minimum wage at the time, which was $7 an hour. Me and him, we were happy. Yep. Me and him were both happy. He gave me some pizza to take home. He gave me a paycheck every week, and that's it. I was happy, you know? And I look at these things going on now, and I think, man, man. And a parent coming and asking to, to come along on an interview, it's just, you know, I specifically worked washing dishes because he didn't ask how old I was. He didn't want to know my last name. He just said, go wash your dishes, you know? <clears throat> it's crazy to think about how far we are coming, right? <clears throat> how many of you guys, do any of you guys actually work with any of the younger population? People under 30, 35, anyone? Okay. So you guys, <laughs> you guys will understand, you guys will understand where I'm coming from here. 
I had, I had, <laughs> yes, it is, it is, it is becoming more and more popular. For me, it's completely absurd. I've never heard of that. The last thing I would want my dad to do would be to actually sit there and watch me. That would be the last thing I would want, <laughs> but it's slowly turning the opposite direction. And, and believe it or not, you can look it up. This is, this is an actual thing that is slowly building. Okay. <clears throat> so you, most of you guys have worked with younger people, 35 and under. Okay. I worked, I had about a year ago, I had a kid that came in and, um, I was supposed to train him. He wasn't working for me, but I was training him, showing him everything, this, that, and the other. Um, it was his second job. So you kind of understand what type of a worker he, he is. He dropped out of high school. It was his second job and he came to work for me. Uh, the kid went, he, he gave himself an acronym as his name. The acronym he gave himself was YOLO is what he, he called himself. He called himself YOLO. So one day, uh, it was at the end of work and I have poor YOLO here and I needed him to go get a, a serial number off of a, off of a carton. So I said, YOLO, Hey dude, there's this racking over there. It's at the back of the factory. It's going to have the shelf. It's going to have this carton on it. You know what I mean? He said, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know which one that is. I said, great. I want you to go get me that serial number. I'll get this all put in the computer. We can get out of here at three 30. Sweet. So he runs over and he comes back and he's like, oh, there was no serial number. And I was like, no, 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 there's gotta be a product number, serial number. It's going to be on there. He's like, there's, there's no serial number what do you mean? And he said, all it has is a hashtag and then a bunch of numbers after it. Oh, what do you mean a hashtag? Like it has a, like a Twitter address? What do you mean? He's like, no, it's, it's like the hashtag, but just random numbers. And I kind of thought for a second, no, that's, that's not a hashtag, dude. That's a pound sign. And he said, that's a hashtag. Put up, put up if you would, please. So this is what my poor friend saw. <laughs> and he took this as a Twitter sign, a hashtag, not realizing this was the serial number. Okay, so I had to send Poriolo. I had to send him back across the factory. Once again, get the hashtag number. He came and gave it to me. I looked at him and I'm like, dude, that's a, you understand that is the number sign. That's a pound sign. And he looked at me and he kind of had that look in his eye like he wanted to argue with me. <laughs> and I didn't want to argue with him over something like, I mean, that could be a tic-tac-toe board. If you're hungry, that could look like the inside of a waffle, you know? <laughs> but he had that look in his eye like, that's not a pound sign. That's on a phone. Okay. <laughs> the world is a different place. It is completely different. It almost seems like the gap in the older and the younger generation is just so far apart, you know, and it could be because of technology. It could be because of 
whatever. But it, for some reason, it seems like the gap in the two generations has never been greater. Does it not? Have you guys not seen this going on in the world, right? We've all seen it from some sort of direction. We've seen it, right? <clears throat> so, how many of you guys were here on Saturday night? On Saturday night, we ended our series of Elijah and Elijah with the passing, huh? Saturday. Oh, Sunday night. Yes, thank you. <laughs> okay, so Sunday night, Sunday night, pastor, <laughs> pass, pastor, yeah, Saturday night. <laughs> no, we don't want to hang on on Saturday night. <laughs> so Sunday night, we ended our Bible study of the, 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 the torch being passed, right? Passing from one generation to the next. And we look at that and we say, well, that's great. But look at our situation. <laughs> like I said, we have one symbol here, and this kid, I, this kid, legitimately, he, he did not know that was a pound sign. You know, <clears throat> it can almost seem that it's almost too far apart, can it? We need to remember that the Bible is relative. The Bible does address this; it addressed it at a different time, but. The difference, this gap in the generations has always been there. It always has and it always will be. And <clears throat> the Bible addresses that. <clears throat> Turn, if you would, please. To, well, yeah, you guys are already there in Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19, <clears throat> verse 32. It says... <clears throat> Thou shalt rise up before the hoary head and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. I am the Lord. This is the verse that I really want to kind of expound upon today. <clears throat> See, the generation gap was there during the Bible. And in fact, the Bible even says that we are going to honor him. This is, this is speaking to both. This is, this is a broad term. It isn't directed towards someone younger. It isn't directed towards someone older. This is a broad term. This is given to all of us, okay? <clears throat> this gap has always been there. And the only difference between the person being respected in this verse and the person respecting is time and experience. That's it. It's the only thing that separated Timothy and Paul. It's the only thing that separates the generations that we live in today is time and experience. That's it. <clears throat> I wanted to address, I'm used to a bunch of rowdy teenagers. Normally by now they are crumbling up their bags of chips. They are, they are starting to get a little rowdy. So I wanted to address the teenagers, but I also wanted to address something that is very dear to me, and that is honoring the elder person. Honoring this person with more experience is what I really wanted to get at. So the first thing I would like to address is the person here that is being honored. 
There's no age limit on this person, is there? There's no age bracket, there's no qualifications, right? I think the only qualification is they would have a hoary head. I don't know what hoary head is. Yeah, I wasn't going to say it. Wasn't going to say it. <laughs> but yes, there's no qualification for this. The older person can be 40. The older person can be 80. Again, the only difference in the person being honored and the person doing the honoring is time and experience, right? <clears throat> The first thing I'd like to address is the person being honored, the older person, the older generation, if you would. <clears throat> in, in Proverbs chapter 16, it says, it says, the hoary head is a crown of glory if it be found in the way of righteousness. Again, we see that this person is respected that they are to be respected that is not just for the younger person or the person respecting this this is also a challenge for the older person this is this should be a challenge for the older generation that they are supposed to walk in a way of righteousness they have a position to be respected once again, whoever that may be, whether that is your parent, whether that is someone in, that comes to church every Sunday, whatever it is, that person, it's a challenge for them. They should be respected. That person, if you are that person, you should be walking in the way of righteous. <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out how to organize my notes with my Bible. So please bear with me here, guys. <clears throat> the older person, the respected person, call them whatever you want. They have a position in the church. In, Tit in Titus chapter 2 and verse 2 and verse 3, it says, The aged man that be sober, grave, temperate, sound in faith, charity, and patience. I only wrote down two. There we go. <laughs> the aged woman, likewise, that they be in behavior as becoming holy, holiness, not false accusers, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. This woman in this verse has a position. This woman in this verse, she has a duty to uphold. Whoever that is in your life is going to be different for everybody else. For you teenagers, this may be your mom. For you moms, this may be an elderly lady in the church. This may be someone in the community. But we need to understand that God has a position for these people. Once again, can you go back to verse 2 for me? In verse 2, it addresses the man. The man is to be sober, grave, temperate. Sound in faith and charity and patience. These are not lessons that are easily learned in life. They're not. <clears throat> the person, the older person, whether that is you, whether that is someone that you were looking up to, this is how they should be. I've been studying <clears throat> for school this week the laws of communication. 
and it's quite scary actually. They say Yale put out a uh, an article, and Yale said that less than six percent of the communication that you give is through your words. I want you to leave this verse up if you could, please, Brandon. Less than 6% of the communication that you give is your words. So then what is the other 94%? This right here. This right here. Your actions, your character, who you are, what you stand for, every one of that, that is what is speaking. Like the old saying goes, actions speak louder than words. See, as a young man, I can tell you right now, some of these, patience, sobriety, temperate, those are not lessons that you learn overnight. Those are not lessons that you can just read and go, oh, got it. No, those are lessons that you learn from watching other people, from watching that person that never blows their top, that never loses their cool, that watching that person every day, that's how you learn patience. Whether you are or whether you are looking at the person to be honored, understand that person has a position in the church. God has a plan for them. One of the biggest mistakes that I have found that we can all make as we grow older is believing that our job is done that our job is over, we have had a, whether it's a career, whether it's your children, whether you name it. We tend to believe that we set our goals in our mind, and once we go past those goals, we can kick it in autopilot, right? That can be a dangerous trap. That can be a dangerous trap. If you are a senior, guess what? God is not done with you. If you are that person that is respected, whether you are a parent, your job is not over. As long as you have breath in your body, God still has a plan for you. God is still going to use you, and God is still going to work through you. There is a famous verse in Philippians that we all tend to think about. And it's Philippians 3.14, and it says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. We read this, and we kind of form a mental picture in our head of Paul being this young teenager, this young 20-something-year-old guy, gung-ho. He's running, he's pressing toward the mark. Theologically, Paul is over 50. Paul, and that time, is very old. It wasn't 50 today. Remember, this is 52,000 years ago, okay? When most of his friends were retiring, when most of his friends were looking to sit in a rocking chair, were looking to hang up responsibility and duty, this is what Paul was saying. Paul was saying, no, 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 no. My job is yet over there. It is time we get marching. See, the older we get, we need to understand that Our job is never over. Once again, as long as you are living, as long as you have life in your body, God is going to use you. God is not done with you, and God has a plan for each and every one of you. 
there is there is a plan for this older person, this honored person, the respected person. <clears throat> and like I said, we can often fall into a dangerous trap of setting a goal, achieving the goal, and then kicking back. Hebrews talks about this dangerous trap, if you would, in chapter 5, verse 11. <clears throat> it says, Of whom we have many things to say, and hard to be uttered. Hard to be uttered. This is, this is the person that knows a lot. They've heard a lot. But when it comes to sharing, they're, they're not speaking. It says, seeing ye are dull of hearing. The word dull here is referring to the same word as sluggish. They are slow to hear. They are slow to react. In verse 12, it says, For when the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again, and be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk, not of strong meat. Go back if you would, please, to verse 12. In verse 12, it is talking about this person. This person may be a parent that is not fully investing into their kid. It may be that man in church that you kind of go to and every now and then try to pick their brain for advice and they just tell you, I don't know, hang in there, you'll be fine. Just work it out, you'll be fine. This person that should be a teacher, this person that should be teaching principles it's like they need to be taught again. It says that they are become that they need milk. This is a person, it says here, that they should have strong meat. This is a matured Christian, a matured person. They should be eating meat. But instead, we turn around and we're looking for milk. It can be a dangerous trap to fall into autopilot. It can be a dangerous trap to forget that God is still using you. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that. Like I said, whether you're a parent, whether you're a senior saint, whether it doesn't matter, God is still using you. We are to teach others. In Titus chapter 2, I didn't write that one down. Titus chapter 2, please. In Titus chapter 2, it says that they may teach the young women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Guys, once again, these are lessons that aren't just read and learned. This This is something that you learn from watching someone. I read, I forget, I forget the university that put it out, but I read an article and within the article, they said, by listening alone, a person can retain up to 10% 
of what they hear. That's up to 10%, okay? They said, if you add in a visual so the person can hear and they can now see what you're teaching them, they can remember up to 50%. Once you add in an activity, whatever it is, an activity to help that person so they now see, they now hear, but they can now do, that can increase up to 90%. Guys, this is what that honored person is doing. Simply hearing it isn't going to get the point across. We all know it. You need to see it. You need that older person that's going to teach you and show you some of these core basic principles to life, to being a good person. <clears throat> In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1, it says, The elders which are among you I exhort, whom also am an elder, and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. This is an older person. This is Peter in his older age. Okay, he's saying, the elders which I am. Okay, if you could please, verse 2, it says, feed the flock of God which is among you. It is very simple. It is spelled out all throughout the Bible. Whether you're a parent, whether you're a senior saint, it doesn't matter what you want to call yourself. Other people, younger people, young adults are watching you. They're watching what you do. They're watching how you act, how you love your wives, how you love your husbands. They're watching every move. They are. And it may seem, it may seem that <clears throat> there is this gap in the generation. It may seem that this gap is huge, but understand, it's always been there. It always has, always will be, and God addresses it. There is a job and a position for that older person, that older age group. So what about the younger one? Like I said, I'm used to teaching teens, and I figured I would have some of my teens in here, okay? What about the younger group, the one that is supposed to be on the other end? <clears throat> it can often seem that they are forgotten. It can also often seem that it's not quite there yet. One day I'll get to that person. I'm going to skip a couple of verses here in these, in these couple of verses. Once upon a time, a bunch of the disciples came to Jesus. And the disciples, being like most of us, they went to Jesus and said, Jesus, Jesus, okay, I'm super spiritual. This guy's kind of spiritual. Who's the greatest? Right? Who's the greatest? You know what Jesus said? In, in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3, I believe it is, verse 3, he says, the greatest among you is the little child. Okay? God has a position for the younger generation. God has a position for this younger one that's supposed to be looking up. It may seem like you are not quite there yet, but guess what? That's your position. Your position is to be obedient. Your position is to be a child, to watch, to learn, to grow. We can never forget that. As a young adult, I include myself in, the same, in that same group. We need to understand that. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, 
It says, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is the well, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. This is your position. It may seem like you know everything. It may seem like you know what's really right. Even if they still leave voicemails, we know nobody listens to voicemails anymore. That's okay. Our position is not to speak over. Our position is to be obedient. If you are younger, ask, ask somebody older, what happens if you have only chiefs and no Indians? Anybody that has worked knows that is a place you need to leave. <laughs> if you have only people in charge and nobody to do the work and nobody to listen, that's a mess. That's a mess. <clears throat> Just as, as you grow older, you can fall into a trap of believing that your job is over when you were younger, you could fall into a trap of believing that your job hasn't started yet. That one day, the day is going to come where you become an adult and then you get to pick and choose who you want to be. It doesn't work like that. If you were younger, and I'm not, once again, it doesn't define child here. It doesn't define children. This group, I consider myself in this group. <clears throat> your job has already started. In Proverbs chapter 20, verse 11, it says, Even a child is known by his own doings, whether his work be pure and whether it be right. That child has already making a name for himself. People in the community look at that child and they know whether that child is growing up to be pure. They know whether that child is growing up to walk in what is right or wrong. If you are younger, Understand one of the biggest pitfalls that we can fall into is believing that we are, our job isn't just quite started yet, so we can just kind of live and do whatever. That's not true. Your job has already started. It is. <clears throat> Daniel chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Among these were the children of Judah, Daniel, Hanna, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. I probably slaughtered that last one, but, okay, once again, Daniel didn't wait until he was older to start walking with God. Daniel was walking with God as a kid. That is when his job started, when he was able to make choices. Again, that, chill, that child in Proverbs, they have already started making choices. The people in the community see those choices. Each and every one of us has a job and a position. <clears throat> I did, did it come, did the, did the Greek come through? No? Okay, <laughs> okay. So, I, I did a little bit of research here to try to figure out the exact meaning in Colossians chapter 3, verse 20 for obey. And the literal meaning is to listen, to obey. Is literally all it means. But in there, it also says that it is a present tense thing. What that means is it is always happening. We are to always obey. Children understand the older you get, the more people you have to obey. 
that's the way life works. We often tend to think that one day we won't have to obey people, and it's actually the exact opposite. But obedience is a present tense thing. It is something that's happening now, and then now, and then now, and it is going to continue to happen. Okay? <clears throat> it is an imperative. Does anyone know what an imperative is? Imperative. It is a command. That is a command. How many of you know that stop sign on shadow? It's almost like that stop sign shouldn't be there. It's almost like it's a suggestion. You guys all know which one I'm talking about. It's a straight road. And it's all of us almost think about like, this thing shouldn't even be here. Okay. If you go past that without stopping, you can get a ticket. And if a cop sees you, you're going to get a ticket. That's not a suggestion. It may seem silly. It may seem ridiculous that that long shadow should have a stop sign right in the middle of it. But guess what? That's not a suggestion. Just like obey here is not a suggestion. You may not understand it and it doesn't matter. It's an obedience thing. It is imperative. That means whether you like it or not, guess what? It is a command, just like the stop sign. If you blow past it and a cop is there, you're going to get a ticket. <clears throat> it is also active. The word obey in Greek is also active, which means it is something that is lived out. It is an action done. There is a mental choice to do something whether you will or won't. Once again, the child in Proverbs has made that choice, whether they're going to be pure or not. Obey is a choice. We choose whether or not we're going to be obedient. <clears throat> we choose whether or not we're going to do whatever it is. I believe one of the most <clears throat> convicting verses in the Bible is in the book of James. I love the book of James. It's like Proverbs for the New Testament. One of the most convicting verses for me is in chapter 1, verse 22. And it says, Be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Guys, as you grow older, guess what? It only gets harder. Obedience is a choice. And once again, there is no cap on this child. In fact, if you think about it, we are all children of God. We are all given many commandments. Just as the child is supposed to obey, we are supposed to obey. One of the most convicting verses for me is right there. But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. It is <clears throat> only gets harder the older you get. Obedience only gets more and more. You obey more and more people. When you're younger, it may seem like it's silly, but as you get older, you find that it's now your boss. It's now your pastor. It's now the government. It's the landlord. It's the bank. It's the utility companies. It's the DMV. There's a lot of people to, to obey. Understand <clears throat> that obedience obedience is the role of that person 
the younger generation, the younger people do have a position. They do have a role. But back to, again, what we were talking about, the passing of the torch, the generation gap that we have in front of us. It can seem huge. It can seem large. But it has always been there. Always. Theologically, Paul is the, if not one of, the greatest Christians ever. He was the first missionary, started churches all over. We all have been inspired by Paul at some time. But guess what? Even Paul had to eventually pass the torch. The kid that he passed it to was a kid named Timothy. Timothy, very scared, very nervous, shy. But guess what? Even Paul came to an end at some point. <clears throat> the generation gap has always been there. I think the person that bridges it the best would be David. David, as a kid, as an adult, he was wise. And what he communicated to us has touched each and every one of our hearts. I think every one of us at some point has gone to the book of Psalms and looked at Psalms. Do you realize Psalms was written over the lifespan of David? Many of the Psalms that David wrote were not written at one specific time. They were written over periods of years, some as a young man, some as an old man. In Psalms chapter 71, verse 17, David says, O God, thou hast taught me from thy youth unto hitherto, have I declared thy wondrous works. 18, if you could, please. Now also, when I am old and gray-headed, O God, forsake me not, until I have showed thy strength unto this generation, thy power unto every one that is to come. Again, I think David says it best right here. <clears throat> The generation gap has always been there. The difference in the older and younger generation has always been there. But we all have a position in the church, whether it is to be honored or to honor, to re be respected or to respect. We all have a job in the church, whether that is to teach youngers, younger people, whether that is to listen and obey, to learn and grow. Eventually, one day, the younger generation will grow up to be the older generation. And believe it or not, the older generation once was the younger generation. It's the same story. That tension has always been there. But it is important that we all remember our position and our job that God has given each and every one of us. Let's pray. <clears throat> Dear Father, I thank you so much for